Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to a special edition of BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am your host, Joey Dees. That is because Vicky Barcelona and BJ Shea are on assignment, which means we are going to talk with Gareth von Kallenbach from Scoot and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. On a special edition of the podcast as we dive into everything CinemaCon, Gareth gives us his recap of all the great movies he saw there. We're also going to talk about the writer's strike. Yes, many of your favorite movies and TV shows may be getting delayed coming this fall. We're also going to talk some video games, Call of Duty, and Mortal Kombat. But if you want to get a hold of us and talk to us about stuff like that, go to BJShaysGeekNation.com where you can find all our blogs, podcasts, and more! More! Or, you know, you can always check our socials, BJ Shays Geek Nation, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, the Odyssey app. Bap, bap, bap. Well, without further ado, let's move on and dive right into this interview with Gareth. With us today is Gareth Vaughn Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Gareth, last time we talked, you were venturing to CinemaCon, and I am ready to hear about what happened. How was the event? The event was fantastic as always, and for those who don't know, this is a annual event that happens in Las Vegas, and it is a gathering of studio executives uh, and theater owners and exhibitors, and the idea behind it is to essentially, aside from doing awards and such for the industry, it is to show off new technologies and to give the studios a showcase to come out, show off clips first looks, even do some screenings, and bring out some celebrities to promote their upcoming lineup of films. And the idea behind it is to essentially, you know, really pump up the theater owners that we're behind you, look at all the great stuff that we have coming. This is why you should be really excited and that, you know, we're committed. They also have little areas for meetings and liaison and stuff like that about new technologies that are coming uh, but my focus, of course, is when we're there, focusing on some of the new technology, but mainly the studio showcases. And what were you able to see? Because I know that we originally had talked that the, maybe their strike might involve or might uh, delay some of the movies, or you weren't exactly sure how many big blockbusters were already coming out. But I've seen a little bit of what you reviewed online, and it looks like there were some major titles. Correct. And so the good thing about this is that everything that they had shown is essentially already filmed. Uh, and in the editing stage now. So they would not be affected by the strike unless the actors slash directors go out. And as such, they're not allowed to do any publicity. So therefore, the studio might say, well, we're not going to put our expensive movie out right now. If we can't do a full publicity, we might delay it. But that's all, um, you know, here or there. At the time uh, the event happened, Nobody was on strike yet. And so we all knew it was kind of lingering, but it was let's just focus on what's here. Sony kicked things off. We had a, They had a look of a lot of stuff. They talked about Craven the Hunter, which will be rated R. Uh, my main focus was, because I got in late that evening, was uh, the, the following day when I got a look at, we had a big thing on the state of the industry. They talked about box office being up 33%. A lot of countries that never used to have first-run theaters, they're really pushing them now. And then Warner Brothers did their showcase, and that was pretty impressive in that they brought out just 
an incredible mix of things. I mean, the, they opened with Oprah Winfrey and people coming out and doing the color purple, which is coming at Christmas time. Uh, they had uh, Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet talking, showing the first look at Dune Part Two. They had uh, Chalamet again coming out, and we got a first look at the Wonka movie, which really surprised me because when it was announced, I had said, "Do we really need another retelling of the story?" And then we find out it's actually a prequel. It's young Willy Wonka how he fought the titans of the chocolate and candy industry and became the legend that he was. And they showed us a clip that uh, first time ever they made the reveal that uh, Hugh Grant is the king of the Oompa Loompas, or at least the a lead <laughs> Oompa Loompa, and that went over really well. Uh, it was a little glass bell jar, that sort of thing. And, you know, we had a lot of stuff like that. We had a look at the nun, too. There was that mention of Conjuring. Um, you know, so much stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Zaslav came out, the head of Warner Brothers, had a very long discussion with us. And one of the things he said that really resonated with me was he talked about how they're only in these positions for a certain amount of time and that they're entrusted with the stories for not just this generation, but for all future generations. And he said, you know, Warner Brothers is celebrating 100 years, and we have to not only preserve that legacy of content, but create the content before we hand it off to the next people to create. And that was very interesting. Um, we got to look at Blue Beetle. We got to look at the Flash. Uh, earlier, a little later in the day, we were shown a rough cut of the Flash, so I'm very curious to see what the final uh, version is going to look like. And then, of course, there was the one that my son was going crazy for. We got our first look at the Meg 2, and that trailer just dropped the other day, so we've been kind of sitting on that one for a couple of weeks. And that was fantastic. And, you know, like the next day, Disney kicked things off, and uh, that was a really heavily anticipated showcase because they had been a little light with some of their appearances in recent years. In fact, I was told one year they just, essentially said we're going to show a movie that's it and uh they did not have a ton of stars melissa mccarthy did come out and introduce a scene from the little mermaid where and that was absolutely brilliant getting very good early reviews and we're going to be seeing that soon but we had um we had a look at the marvels we had a look at um uh this interesting film uh, from called The Crater. It's from Gareth Edwards, who did Rogue One, and it looks like a big action science fiction film. We had a look, of course, at Elemental. They gave us 3D glasses and showed us 20 minutes of that, the new Pixar film. We saw a musical number from the film Wish. And then, uh, you know, I mentioned the Marvels. We got a, a clip from Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and then they uh, finished it all off by showing us an extended action scene from Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which looked fantastic. And Harrison Ford even came in through satellite. We got a showing of the upcoming film, The Boogeyman, and uh, then uh, had a break in the afternoon. And Universal did their showcase. Obviously, Fast 10 was a really big part of it. And uh, there was a reception for uh, Transformers out in the parking lot, even though that's paramount, then that leads into the next bit, whereas the final day you had a big 
Paramount Showcase, which was Transformers, Paw Patrol, uh, Mission Impossible 7, and lots of other interesting stuff. And, of course, Lionsgate wrapped it all up with a very interesting look at Joyride. Now, uh, and some other things, what, uh, you know, Expendables, that sort of thing. What was really surprising was there was nothing on the Borderlands movie, which they lightly teased uh, last year with a quick little sizzle reel, and there's been nothing since. And when I asked around about it, there was kind of rumblings amongst fellow media that apparently uh, things may not be going as well as they had hoped with it. And I guess, uh, you know, maybe there's some questions about reshoots or certain edits or whatever, but it was very interesting that a year after they said, okay, we're going to show the, uh, uh, a look at it. They had nothing new to show or tell or anything. They're keeping it under wraps. Oh, absolutely. And then everything of course wraps up with the big award show, which is really, really enjoyable for a lot of uh, people because they're allowed to take photos that night and you can be seated in areas that, you know, before this, the press have their own area. It's a multi-level venue inside Caesar's palace and um, this time around, you could be put anywhere. And like one of the guys that told me a few years ago, he finally remembers sitting there with Sam Jackson being right next to him. So there's celebrities in the crowd. There's celebrities up on stage. You can take photos. They come out and get their little awards from the presenters, like, you know, Rising Star Tomorrow, that, that sort of thing. And so it was a really interesting event. And, you know, like anything else, you sit there and you go, boy, I, I would have, you know, love to have done even more and gone to some of the crazy after parties. But, you know, when you're there at seven in the morning, uh, in some cases, and you're covering these things, believe me, by the end of the afternoon, you are ready to, uh, you know, take a break. That's for sure. But because they throw so much good stuff at you. Most definitely. You know, I think we forget just how many movies are released every year. It's so awesome to have an event like CinemaCon to preview all the upcoming ones and to remind us how many great art is put out, especially in theaters. I'm personally looking forward to seeing the new Mission Impossible movie. I watched a little preview of Tom Cruise doing one of the stunts where he jumped a motorcycle off a cliff and then essentially like parachuted down, man. The that guy is a wild animal, able to do all those stunts himself. Uh, but we do need to move on, Gareth. We mentioned the writer's strike a little bit earlier, and before our last recording, it was looming and it has happened. And things have gotten cut, slashed, and delayed. What how are, do you think got most affected by this strike so far? Well, you know, that's a great question because it is literally an evolving animal. And by that, um, the rules are pretty much any script that has not been submitted and approved cannot be used. You cannot make revisions to it. You cannot write new material. That's it. You're on strike. You also cannot do any publicity. And this could become a problem when we get into convention season, especially if the actors and the directors go on strike because they're contract is up in june but uh what we're seeing with the writers is a very awkward and difficult situation for um the industry and i'm not saying for the studios i'm not saying for the writers we can all pretty much agree this is a very awkward situation i'm referring strictly to a content production standpoint and one of the things that I heard, uh, to try to give this in context, is the Lord of the Rings series, 
uh, is they're wrapping up season two overseas. They're trying to get it in. At the time I, I read this, it's been a few days since then, they had 19 days of production left. They were trying to get it done before any potential writer-director strike. Well, one of the problems that they were running into is that the showrunners, the you know, like the head honchos, they are also writers. Therefore, they are not allowed to be involved in the product. And so they have essentially 19 days left, and they had to go to showrunners or producers who were not writers, as well as a director who was not a writer, and essentially say, you folks are in charge of carrying things on. And then others have come to me and said, you don't realize how messed up this is because some of the studios are sending letters to individuals saying, we understand that as a writer, you're on strike, but you're also a producer slash showrunner. And therefore you can still do those duties and we expect you to do them. And the problem with that is their work could get them into a gray area where the union get upset with them. Because for example, let's say you're filming a show and you've got a couple of days left or a movie and someone comes to you and says, you know what, this scene's not quite working, or this line of dialogue doesn't make sense, or, hey, you know, when that actor ad-libbed that line, that makes this line completely moot, what do we do? Well, in the old days, they just say, oh, let's just change this around here, there you go. You can't do that, because that's writing. Oh. Revising, editing, it's all writing. And so it's like, they're saying, this is a very touchy area, because you're going to someone saying, you're the producer, fix the problem. And they're like, right, but we can't because that involves writing. I can't write it. We cannot bring in a writer. So go with it. And the problem is, this is where you start to get the trickle down effect because we've already seen all the talk shows are done. That's that Saturday Night Live, all of that not happening. You've got things from Stranger Things and other shows, Blade, the, the Disney movie. All of that shut down because the scripts were not ready to go. They can't do anything with it or the scripts were not finished. People go back and they say, don't forget Heroes. This was a show that never recovered from the writer's strike because there is a trickle-down effect. Some things get delayed. Some things get rushed. Some things get new writers because the others moved on or for whatever reason weren't attached to the project. Things suffer. You were already seeing reports of like shows that were on the bubble not being renewed. I mean, uh, the new True Lies series got canceled. Now, some of them say it had to do with the fact that all the various parties uh, between the studios that were involved couldn't come up with a, a new plan. You had something like SWAT, which was canceled. And then a few days later, they said, all right, right you know what? We're not canceling it. But the next season's at 13 episodes instead of the full run. You're getting all that kind of dance going around, and it's making things very difficult. You're getting, well, this is renewed, but we don't know when it's going to start. You may see shows have their budgets drastically slashed uh, going forward. And now you're seeing things like we've talked briefly about the Daredevil series that Disney Plus is doing. It's got a very long, I think it's got like 22 episodes or so, so it's a very long shoot. They're filming in New York, and what apparently has happened, I know at least two days of it were shut down because the writers were outside picketing, and the Teamsters refused to cross the picket line. Oh. So nobody could run the vehicles, nobody could run the lights. All the 
numerous things the Teamsters do on a set, they were refusing to cross the picket line. And now there's kind of that buzz of, well, we know that their deal is still in place through June. There's kind of a buzz going around that maybe some of the other unions might walk out in support. And it's a very, very tense time because, um, you know, there it is an extremely complicated issue. I've tried to look at it and, you know, between streaming rights and minimum pay, minimum staff, uh, you know, on and on and on in residuals. And at a time when studios are apparently under a lot of pressure to uh, make their streaming side profitable, to cut their expenses, so on and so forth. All of your talent from the writers on up to directors on up to um, actors and actresses are all looking for significant pay raises. Yeah, so this and, is almost like a perfect storm right now, Gareth, because the problem of, of obviously you come off of COVID, you probably had less of a staff to initially begin with, you were trying to fire up production on all your old products, now you're hit with this writer's strike, and I mean, 19 days might not seem like a lot to people who are in different industries, but in the movie and TV industry, that's almost an entire like season of shooting sometimes, depending on what you're where you're at. Exactly, a 19-day, you know, I, to, to give you context, 19 days would be about three episodes of a Star Trek um, thing. Because in the old days, Next Generation said it would take them about six days to film one episode. And then obviously, you have to have it ready by a certain time to do the sound mixing, the visual effects, all of that stuff. Those shows have all become much more complicated in that area. All of that right there. You know, these visual artists who are sitting there, they can't do their, they're not on strike, but they can't do their job if there's not film product in front of them. And right now there is film product, but, and then, you know, theaters are saying, we just came out of this. We're just starting to ramp back up again. And now we could be looking at a summer and a fall where all of these big budget films are out there. And the studios are like, you know what? We can't afford to stick these in the theaters right now because we can't have our people at conventions. We can't have them out on the talk shows promoting it, so we're not going to roll a you know a hundred million dollar plus film out to the wolves without the you know the PR tour. Now that got really weird because I asked somebody. I said I had a, a really interesting take on this, and he said, "You know, you're absolutely right. They can do that. They cannot do any publicity in the U.S." But he said, "I believe if they want to go off to Japan or Europe and do publicity, that's a very gray area." And I said, well, it's my understanding it's, you know, and he said, you know, that is a really good question. I don't know about that. So go figure. You know, are we going to see films released overseas, but then, well, they're not coming to the U.S. for two to three more months or until this gets settled? Yeah, that's a Who great knows? question because the international movie market has definitely been growing. Right. And this is billions of dollars that is sitting there. And, you know, and I've asked people, I said, all right, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. My thought weeks ago is to said, what about San Diego Comic-Con? That's coming up in July. The last writer's strike went 100 days. You know, if the writers, if, if the directors and the actors go on strike, that's maybe a month, I think, if they go out when their contract ends. And someone said, yeah, you know, in theory, they cannot do any publicity for any current or uh, future projects. And I said, now, like the, the convention we have here in a couple weeks, I said, how does that work? He said, that's a little different because they're appearing as themselves, essentially saying, I'm here not representing this specific show, but myself and my past body of work 
or I'm here doing autograph signings and photos and taking the fan questions. I'm not specifically here on the studio's dime to promote their project. So that, that part's going to be okay. So I said, so, you know, looking at a convention, what, what are we looking at? And they, cause I had a theory and he said, yeah, you're, you're potentially right. It would be a case of they're not going to run out the halls to promote an upcoming film because you may not be able to put any actors, actresses, writers, or uh, directors up on the panel to promote it. Stuck in a really tough spot there, Gareth. I mean, I don't know how, I mean, like you said, how are you going to promote a, or throw a movie out there if you can't promote it? And if you can't promote it and it's not going to make the money you want it to, it's probably better just to delay it. Right. And then, of course, meanwhile, all the tickets are already sold and sold out. All the hotel rooms are booked up. People have already made their travel plans. And I, I said, you know, are we going to go back to the old days where the focus would be heavy on comics? And then, you know, would the video game industry perhaps take this as an opportunity to say, let's go in and because they do have a video game presence. Would this be one that even more would come in? Would this be something that, uh, you know, another area might come in? Who knows? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't think it's been in any, any danger of not happening, but it may be different because I asked someone, I said, what happened with the last one? And he said, the last one they had happened after Comic-Con. So they still were able to do their thing. And I said, you know, are there way? And he said, yeah, sometimes they're like the possibility of waivers where they might say you can't promote this, but you can promote your older stuff. So who knows? You know, we're just all sitting here going, let's just hope everybody gets the deal worked out very soon and it gets all back to normal. Yeah, because, I mean, they're striking for a good reason. And I assume that, you know, like you said, the last one lasted about 100 days. So we're still in the infancy of this one. All we know is there will be delays to a lot of our favorite stuff coming here in the coming months. Obviously, the stuff that's already done can wrap up and air over the summer. But like you said, those future projects might get pushed back or canceled. But only time will tell. Uh, Gareth, but for movies, let's move to some gaming stuff because we have had some in- amazing gaming news in the last couple of weeks. We have Zelda coming out. Call of Duty has just released a new patch. And I've heard we've got some rumors, actually, with Call of Duty that you want to talk about. Absolutely. So, uh, first off, we've uh, got news that, uh, you know, no big deal. Kevin Durant uh, is going to be appearing as a bundled setup for Warzone. No big but deal. We started, yeah, I'm being sarcastic, obviously, <laughs> but... Uh, we got uh, some news about uh, what's happening with the next game. Now, of course, these are not confirmed by Activision, but they're coming from sources that have been reliable in the past. It's very interesting. So briefly, as you remember, the original plan was that there was not going to be a game this year. They were going to just instead do another year of seasons for the current Call of Duty game, which would include uh, more free maps, more free content, seasonal events, so on and so forth. One of those was supposed to be a DLC uh, that instead of being uh, new gameplay modes, new maps, that sort of thing, would actually be an extension to the campaign. And we started to hear a few months ago, uh, well, you know, that's not necessarily the case anymore. They're going to be spinning this off into an entirely new game. Now, we have been told that the Sledgehammer Division is the one spearheading this. We don't know if the campaign, whatever, is still essentially an offshoot of what was supposed to be done or if it's a whole new storyline, whatever. What we are told is it will be a new Call of Duty game. It will be out this year. But uh, 
little bit different. Apparently, we are not going to see a beta until October, and the game is actually going to be releasing in November, whereas some of the recent ones have been coming out in earlier October. So this is one that, you know, if you had to roll the dice, I would say maybe November 12th or somewhere like that because they want it in the theaters, excuse me, in the theaters, in the shelves for the um, Thanksgiving uh, shopping season. Of course, you know, everything being digital, so on and so forth. But that's what we're hearing. You know, that's crazy, Gareth, because my thought was that the reason they wouldn't have a new Call of Duty, because they love doing that every year thing with the different studios, was simply because of COVID. You know, the production slowed for pretty much every game gaming company during COVID. They ran into a bunch of problems with the releases, as we've seen with a lot of games. But now they're back on it. Does that mean you think that they just happen to beat their timelines? Or is it the money? Do they just want to be able to sell that new game in November? Co- combination of both. I've kind of heard rumors that work, was already underway because the original plan was, you know, this was an offshoot of what we'd already had in Modern Warfare, and that essentially they looked at it and said, well, you know, we've got this work, it's done, we've got this whole team sitting here that isn't tied up with other stuff, Uh, you know, if we throw them and maybe a few other bodies at it, um, you know, where are we at and can we stretch this out? And as someone said, if you took the DLC campaign finished it, and then said, oh, you know, let's take three seasons of maps, maybe. Or even, hey, let's take some old favorites, remaster them. I've heard things, some say it's going to be full priced. I've heard some say, well, it might be a, a thirty nine ninety nine release. I, I'm kind of leaning toward a, a whole new game. Uh, but it'll be interesting. You know, we've got Summer Game Fest coming on the 8th of June, and we're going to get a lot of reveals, a lot of news. I've been told probably not going to get the new Call of Duty revealed there, but who knows? We've got some showcases that are due to stream shortly thereafter, so it'll be interesting. Most definitely. I mean, I love the last Call of Duty, uh, especially with the addition of Warzone 2, which I love the BRs, and even the multiplayer was quite fun, and it's still fresh, and as you said, Kevin Durant's going to be a skin. I know a lot of popular streamers like Nick Merckx and Tim the Tatman recently had uh, skins getting added to the game for them. They have found ways to sell their product and keep it fun and fresh. We'll have to see more about that later on, like you said, maybe Summer Game Fest or after. But one other game I want to get to, Gareth, before I let you go, MK12, Mortal Kombat, one of my favorite franchises, one of the greatest early movies of the 90s that I love to watch. What's going on with Mortal Kombat 12? I heard it was just spoiled. Yeah, and it, it was rather interesting. We The last day or so, there have been some cryptic things going around, and... It's no surprise that another Mortal Kombat game is being worked on. They're working on another film. Uh, we've been told that um, a announcement is imminent. Now, you know, what form that's going to take, who knows. And just this morning, I started hearing a rather interesting thing going, well, technically it's not Mortal Kombat 12. Think more of it as MK1. And I said, all right. So they're saying what I've heard is essentially think of it more of as a reboot rather than a sequel. And I said, but it's not a remastering of one. And what I'm hearing is, no, it is a new Mortal Kombat game. But instead of calling it 12, it essentially is going to be MK1, which is essentially a reboot and and a new start to the franchise. 
Interesting. Okay, I hadn't heard that. Does that mean we're going to get our original characters, you know, Liu Kang and Raiden? Oh, yeah, and... You got to. <laughs> you, you have to. And then, and, you know, and if you think about it, this is actually quite clever because we heard all the reports that there was the teaser in the last film, spoiler, but, you know, Johnny Cage is going to be in the film and we might see more and more of the plastic characters in the next live action film. And you could see the tie-in right there. We got the live action film and maybe some of these older original favorites are starting to come back into play. So a lot of interesting stuff there. I mean, you know, and, and here's the thing really quickly, Warner brothers has been surprising the heck out of people lately. I mean, they dropped a massive, massive bombshell just the other day, completely took the industry by uh, shock and what, like, wow, they, you know, said, oh, we got this full-length Babylon 5 animated film, here it comes, and this is, oh, yeah, the reimagining reboot still in the works, but boom, here you go, and pretty much all the surviving original cast is in it, too. Wow. And so there are maneuverings, and you can see that they're taking the multimedia side, games, the direct-to-consumer home video and streaming side, movie and television, and they're starting to really merge the universes together, which was ultimately what their plan was. Very, very exciting for fans of uh, Babylon 5. I would never have guessed in a million years that an animated movie would be the next part in this journey. Oh, no, it's, it's crazy because the creator was saying, I've got something big coming, i got something big, I can't talk about it. And then he finally said, it's not related to the reboot. And so people thought, oh, they're going to, you know, for they they've you know remastered some of these or maybe some of the you know things are coming to blu-ray or something like that and then out of the blue it's like boom no full-length animated film uh and it's pretty much done we're just waiting for the release date uh you know straight to video obviously as we understand it probably video on demand and then there's also the whole thing that hbo max is just going to become max and it's an exciting time that's for sure yeah and i mean like you said perfect pairing with the mortal Kombat as well with the fact that they obviously are going to be releasing their new movie and they have this reboot of the uh, old video game series i mean it's a, a rehashing if you will of the old characters introducing them both at the same time getting people hyped for it oh man we got great stuff to look forward to gareth movies games and everything more man thank you so much for joining us gareth you always have such great insight and looks look-ins at the future of these worlds can't wait to talk to you again next week and until then uh, have a great one man you too take care now Thank you again so much, Gareth, for joining us. Some of our favorite TV shows and movies are getting delayed, The Last of Us, Daredevil, but it sounds like most of the summer blockbusters have already wrapped up and are done and still going to make it out on time. We'll have to wait and see on the rest of them. All I know is I'm excited for Mortal Kombat, and I can't wait to play the new game. But until then, stay nerdy, Geek Nationals.